0: Hey, welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host. And with me is a man that wants to remind everyone that you're only drinking responsibly when you don't spill it. (laughs) That's (laughs) Dale. That's
1: right. It's kind of like gun control, you know, being able to hit your target.
0: That's right, man. (laughs) Or
1: leaving the seat down. Ooh aim carefully aim carefully <laughs> what's going on dude what's happening brother brother i'm in the crack house yes sir ready, ready to, to rec- roll i'm ready to record man a great week ready to get back at it
0: yeah absolutely there you go i'm right yeah you got any good shout outs for us anything before uh, we get going today uh, we got
1: a few here how about this we're going to shout out some folks who've been enjoying our asia degree location video on youtube we've uh, had quite a few great comments and we'd like to shout out a few folks about uh elaine wilson uh christina cole caden no name, no name. Caden, K- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shauna, Elsie, uh, Amanda, Negret, uh, Beth Fields, and Michelle Jordan. And I hope I didn't butcher anybody's name too bad.
0: Those were some great positive comments on our A degree locations yeah, video.
1: Yeah, and it was really fun to do. I hope we do some more soon. Yeah,
0: we are going to do some more soon when the weather warms up a little bit. Yeah, get out. And-
1: yeah, we also like to thank everybody who went in and checked out uh, the Susan Smith episodes uh, one hundred one and one hundred two. Man, we get a lot of a lot of high praise, and people think you know a lot of. We, uh, we're just going to pat ourselves on the back because, uh, you know, what the hell. <laughs> Nobody yeah. else is do it. Because we can. Yeah. No, you know, really, we had a lot of people tell us that we did a great job, and they really enjoyed those episodes, so uh, we're pretty proud of them. We put a lot of work into them, and I thought they'd come out great.
0: Yeah, Susan Smith episode was really good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, Dale, we are going to get started on this episode. I'm not gonna even going to go into the Apple podcast or anything like that. We're just going to get started. You ain't even going to sell a shirt or anything? no? I'm not going to sell a shirt. Mm. No. We're just going to get started. Okay. All right. But in this episode, this is episode 103. It is. Big time. 103. How about that? Yep. We are going to do an interview. Okay. And we are going to interview a lady who is like the Wonder Woman of armchair detectives. Wow. Yeah. She she is a... Is that like
1: Linda Carter or like the new stuff?
0: I'd say Linda Carter. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Very good. Yeah. She is an armchair detective and she... Has been researching the case that we're going to talk about for over 17 years. Mm. She's dedicated her life to this girl's story, trying to find out what happened to her. Right. And the lady we are uh, interviewing, her name is Laura
1: Rist. Yep, and the funny thing about her, the case is uh, in North Carolina. Well, North Carolina, Tennessee border. Yeah. And she's uh, a little bit farther away than that. She lives in Alberta, Canada. It's like what, twenty three hundred miles away or yeah. something like that. So, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, but we'll give her a little, get her to give a little background on oh, that, yeah, definitely, and uh, talk about this case. And like I said, she has a room set up in her house for this case, it's dedicated to it. Yeah. yeah. So she is an expert on uh, the case we're talking about. and But the girl we're talking about today is Trini Lynn Gibson. Right. And we're going to welcome Laura to the show. Welcome.
2: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, it's a pleasure having you. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I told Dale, we had uh, planned on covering Trini's case. And then I found out about you and you researching her. Uh, I was like, Man, I'm a fool not to have her on the show because you're the expert on this girl. Right. Foremost. Well, thank
2: you very much. I've I've certainly done my best, but I've been working on Trenny's case uh, since 2005. Wow. I first ran across her story in 2003 on the Doe Network, and I got hooked. And um, Back in those days, there was very little about Trenny on the Internet. There was one site that talked about uh, Trenny disappearing along with Dennis Martin in 1969 and Pauline Melton in 1981,
3: Mm -hmm. and of course
2: Trenny in 1976, and they were lumped together as the big three that vanished in the Smokies and were never heard from again. little bit of info, there was nothing on the internet about her. sorry.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about you. What What do you do for a living besides being an armchair detective?
2: I'm a professional chef.
0: Oh, cool. Professional chef. That sounds cool. Yes. yes. I'm a
2: chef manager at a ski resort. Oh. Uh, I manage one of the uh, restaurants and, and pubs mm-hmm. uh, that's on
3: uh,
2: a ski resort. It's Sunshine Mountain Village in Bath Alberta, Canada.
1: Very cool. I feel like we need to come visit you. Yeah, we could go to Canada,
0: no doubt.
2: And and, and to relax, I, I research cold cases. <laughs>
0: that sounds like a fun thing to do. That's pretty much what we do in some other true crime stuff, too. So, yeah. Right well, up
2: I, I kind of got hooked on uh, missing children, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the time I was quite small, because when I was a kid, that was around the time that Adam Walsh was abducted. Yeah. Um, if you can remember back to that in 1981, oh, yeah. he vanished from Florida. And then his father, of course, is John Walsh from America's Most Wanted. So that that piece was in the forefront when I, was, when I was growing up. And my mother always had an interest in true crime. She used to read True Detective magazine, you know, those magazines with the rather sordid covers.
1: Yep, I remember those.
2: <laughs> she used to hide them from me. And when I got about 10 years old, old enough to be home for a little while, if my parents happened to, uh, to go to town or something, I used to take those magazines out of the hiding spot and I used to sit down to the dictionary and I'd read them and I'd have to look up some of the crimes committed in the dictionary because I didn't always understand what was going on and and so on and so forth. And I used to scare myself something silly, <laughs> where I couldn't sleep properly for a couple nights after after that. And then I finally had to confess to my mother what I had done. <laughs> but uh, she was quite a true crime um, fanatic. Uh, we we had books around the house about Ted Bundy. Wow. Um, John Wayne Gacy. Um, but my mother didn't like me looking at them, reading them. Um, because I wasn't old enough to understand what was going on, and I was an only child and rather sheltered by my by my folks. So um, finally, I got to junior high, and I just couldn't couldn't uh, stand it anymore. I was reading her Ted Bundy books, books about John Wayne Gacy. I read Hell to Skelter. That kind of freaked my teacher out in junior high, <laughs> um, and I, I was just hooked.
0: Well, That's a good thing to get hooked on, though. It's so, fun. It's fun to research and learn something too.
2: And you, a lot of it had to do with, you know, what drove these people to commit these acts, like to commit these crimes. And I I would go through, like, I knew the victims' names, I knew their ages, everything else, um, where, where in the U.S. these crimes had been uh, committed. Um, Clifford Olson was a serial killer in Canada when I was growing up, so I knew, you know, bits and pieces about that case as well. But my main focus became missing missing children Mm -hmm. and teens, and especially from the 1970s and 1980s, because that's the era that I grew up.
0: Okay. Well, let's uh, move forward to Trini a little bit. Tell us about Trini Lynn Gibson, a little bit about her in general, about her home life and her family and stuff.
2: Well, Trenny was uh, 16 years old when she went missing. She lived in Knoxville, uh, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Originally, her family was from uh, the Polk County area of Tennessee. Um, There's a lot of copper mines there, although the the mines aren't functioning anymore. Um, When she was uh, smaller, her family moved to Chattanooga for a while, and then they relocated to Knoxville. Her father was a salesman, and her mother stayed at home with the with the family. Um, Trenny was the second oldest. She had an older brother, Bob Gibson, who was two years older than she. Mm-hmm. Then came Trenny. Then came her sister, Tina. And then came her uh, little brother, Miracle. Okay. Miracle was only uh, five or six when Trenny disappeared. Okay. And the family was Southern Baptist. Their mother was very involved in the church. Um, The family went to church on uh, Wednesdays and Sundays. Um, They did Bible study every morning before breakfast. Um, Very, very devout Southern Baptist. Um, The girls were expected to dress up for church, you know, skirts or dresses, Mm -hmm. um, that sort of thing. Um, And their father was gone a lot. Like, he worked for an industrial chemical company, and he was often gone for two weeks out of every month. Wow. Okay. He he traveled a lot for his work. And uh, Trenny was close with her cousins uh, on her mother's side that were back in Polk County. They'd visit uh, summertime, uh, Christmas. She was close to her grandmother. That was uh, her mother's mother uh, as well. And and they would always go back and visit, visit her. Trenny was probably the one out of the family that showed the most um you know she had a level head on her shoulders she uh wanted to be a landscape architect um she had a job part-time at a cafeteria in the mall
0: she was very responsible then huh sounds like it
2: very responsible Mm -hmm. um she was saving her money she wanted to get a small car and she also wanted to go to the university of tennessee okay and she was the one in the house that you know it was um gee, you know, somebody needs to fold the laundry while they got the Trenny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody needs to mow the lawn, they'd go get Trenny. Uh, <laughs> someone was needed to watch Miracle, they'd go get Trenny. Because they knew that if, if they got Trenny to do it, the job would be done, and it wouldn't be a half-assed job, it would be
0: done properly. Yeah. So tell us about the the morning of her disappearance. Let's move forward to the that Friday. When the, they were going on the field trip, let's get a little bit of background on that. They didn't—they were going on a field trip that that day, but they didn't know where they were going.
2: Well, that's kind of split. I've I've talked to students that claim that yes, they did know where they were going and they were told ahead of time. And I've talked to students that said no, they they weren't aware um, because their teacher didn't want anyone following them up there, so he didn't tell them till the morning of the trip and i'm not 100% sure what the backstory is on that if there was a reason why the teachers thought that they might get uh might be followed to the park um when you have a cynical mind like mine you try and cover all bases mm-hmm. but it's it's rather split some of the students said they knew where they were going and other students said that uh no it was a surprise they found out on the bus that morning i just the but, um, Gibson, that's Trenny's mother, she was originally supposed to go as a chaperone on that trip. Okay. But what happened was she found out that the trip was going to be an all-day affair, and she couldn't find a babysitter for Trenny's youngest brother, so she decided to opt out of the field trip, and she stayed home. Yeah. The instructor, Mr. Dunlap, he tried and tried the night before the field trip to find another chaperone, and he couldn't get anybody, but he decided just to go ahead with the trip anyway. Okay. Trenny originally thought the trip would be called off because the weather forecast was was not very good. It was calling for fog, rain, potential snow, winds, and chilly temperatures. Mm.
0: But she wasn't even prepared for really outdoor weather. She really didn't know where they were going, but she wasn't prepared for any kind of outdoor weather at all because she didn't have...
2: Trenny didn't know that they were going to be outdoors that day. For all she knew, they were going to a museum. Like mm-hmm. she didn't know. She tried to cover all bases. Like she wore a blouse and a sweater over top. She wore running shoes. She wore jeans, but she didn't take a jacket or hat. To.
0: Okay. Mm.
1: That is just so crazy. Going to the top of a mountain is not going to be fun. No. <laughs> it's cold. Mr. Dunlop,
2: the, the the teacher that uh, was on that field trip that day he was very comfortable and confident that where they were going in the park there wasn't going to be any any issue whatsoever Mm -hmm. um i talked to another fellow uh mr dan mara now mr mara he took over the horticulture class after um mr dunlap left later that year after Trenny's disappearance and he and mr dunlap they knew each other well from university Um, They both attended the University of Tennessee, and their botany class spent a lot of time in the Smoky Mountains, and especially in that area. So Mr. Dunlap was quite confident, I think, that, you know, he could uh, get up there, take the students up there, go around, hike, look at the uh, flora and fauna, hike back to the bus, and go back to Knoxville.
3: Okay.
0: Okay.
2: Something went terribly wrong, and that's why we're sitting here talking about Trenny all these years later instead of hanging out with her
0: somewhere. Right. So Trenny got to school. She didn't know where she was going, and she asked another student, you know, I guess walking down the sidewalk or going into the school. Her
2: her mother gave her a ride to school that day. Mm -hmm. Trenny had her books and her purse with her because... And, and a bag lunch because again she wasn't sure if the trip would be called off and there would be classes instead. Yeah. Or what exactly would be would be taking place? But she stopped one of her students, uh, fellow classmates rather, on the sidewalk and asked them, and they said, no, the trip was a go. They were they were still going to go. So she left her books and purse in her mother's car, kissed her mother goodbye, took her bag lunch, and, and left. And when the students uh, were seated on the bus, and Mr. Dunlap addressed the students then and told them that they were going to the Great Smoky Mountains, and uh, there were cheers, claps, whistles, so on and so forth, mm-hmm. and off the bus went.
0: What time did the bus leave the school that morning?
2: That's a gray area, Around probably around 8.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. anywhere from 8 to 8.30.
0: Okay, so they just had time to go to school, get good, maybe go to to homeroom, and then leave pretty much. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
2: And according to what I've what I've been told, the bus made a couple pit stops along the along the way. Granted, probably if you know someone had to use the washroom. Yeah. Uh, a bus, a school bus, can't travel as fast as a regular passenger vehicle. Mm-hmm. So by the time they arrived at the Smoky Mountain, not Great Smoky Mountain National Park, it was around noon.
0: Okay. That's a good little trip. Mm-hmm.
2: It is a tri- good trip, and uh, the only adult was the bus driver and Mr. Dunlap, and Okay. 40 teenage students.
0: So I've heard anywhere it was like anywhere from 36 to 40 students. Uh, is there, an, is there yes. an accurate count, or yes. is that is?
2: Well, no, there's not a 100% accurate count, because I've been chasing Mr. Dunlap now for probably... Oh, Probably about the better part of 12 years, but I can't get the fellow to talk to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, he, he, um, he won't like, t- refuse my interviews, he just stays silent. And we can get into that a little more later if you, if you like, but okay. he, he will not talk to me about this. Okay. Um, the information that I've been able to glean has been talking to other students that were present on the trip. Uh, Talking to the school principal, I've spoken to him a a bit. Um, Speaking with other teachers that are still alive, because, I mean, it's been 45 years. Yeah. But Mr. Dunlap, he remains silent on all of it.
0: Crazy. How did uh, students that you interviewed, how did they say Trini was going to the Great Smoky Mountains? How was her demeanor on the bus?
2: Nobody noticed anything out of the ordinary. Uh, They said that she was fine. She was sitting with Robert Simpson. Mm -hmm. Now, Robert Simpson was a good friend of her brother, Bob. You'll find there's an awful lot of Roberts in this story because Tranny's father was also Robert. Mm -hmm. So I'll refer to her older brother, Bob Gibson, as uh, Robert Gibson Jr. rather. I will refer to him as Bob. And I will refer to Robert Simpson Jr. as Robert Simpson or Simpson.
0: Okay. That'll keep everybody separated. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> Less confusing,
1: but, the well,
2: better. Um, Nobody noticed anything out of the ordinary. Uh, Trenny was talking. She seemed normal on the bus. She and Robert Simpson sat together. They cracked a few jokes. Nothing seemed uh, unusual or odd. Mm-hmm. When Trenny was hiking back down the mountain to the bus, she saw, she caught up with several groups of students and fell into step with them and walked. And they said she seemed fine. Although she seemed in a bit of a hurry. That was the only thing that, that stood out to them, but she was pleasant enough, didn't seem upset about anything.
0: Mm-hmm. So they arrived at the Great Smoky Mountains, and I, I think they, I've read they parked at the uh, Clingman's Dome parking lot.
2: Yes, that's right. Okay. And depending who you who you speak to, I've heard anywhere from there was lost several cars in the parking lot to there was only one or two cars in the parking lot. But everybody seems to say that there was at least one one other vehicle in the parking lot. But it, it nothing really that stood out to anybody. They didn't seem to think that anything was was odd or unusual. Mister Dunlap told the students then what their assignment was, which was to hike to Andrews Falls and back to the bus, and they were to observe the floral. Uh, pardon me. Flora and fauna in all the beautiful fall colors, which are abundant that time of year. Mm -hmm. But they weren't supposed to gather or collect anything. And they had to be back at the bus at 3.30. He asked if everyone understood and show of hands. There was a a, a unanimous show of hands, and then off they went. Mr. Dunlap did catch up, and he hiked with various groups of students um, throughout the day. Mm -hmm. and the students basically set their own pace according to their hiking ability and and, uh, so on. Uh, Trenny was hiking with Robert Simpson. Now, Trenny hadn't been sure if she wanted to go on the field trip or not. I mean, she was happy when her mother was going to go along as a chaperone, but then when her mother backed out, Trenny seemed to have some trepidation about going. So her brother, who was home on leave from the Navy, Bob, he spoke to Robert Simpson, which was a good friend of his, and asked him if he just kind of keep an eye on Trenny and make sure that she was okay uh, for that field trip and and whatever because she had a little bit of uh, uh, trepidation about going.
0: But Trenny hadn't hadn't been many places, had she? She hadn't. She was pretty sheltered. Yeah.
2: No, Trenny was a Trini was a homebody. I mean, her working at the cafeteria in the mall. You know, that was a pretty big step for her. She didn't she didn't really join any after-school clubs or anything like that. She was friendly with other students at school, but she didn't really have a best friend that she went around with. Her sister Tina was much more social. Frenny mm-hmm. was more quiet, more studious. Okay. She liked to spend time reading a good book.
0: Okay. All right, so they were on the trail hiking to Andrew's Ball. This is about a I think it's about a little over a mile and a half, two miles, I think, from Kleeman's Dome parking yep. lot to Andrews Bald. Mm-hmm. And along the way, I I read that uh, Robert Simpson had gave Trini his jacket to wear.
2: Yeah, Trini was cold. Um, the weather was cold that day, and it was like you know that misty fine rain. Yeah, was falling. So. She was cold, and he took off. He had one of those uh, CPO jackets, they used to call them. It was like a shirt jacket, and it was brown and orange plaid and Robert Simpson took that off, and he gave it to Trini to wear.
1: Yeah. Well was pretty nice. Yeah.
2: And they stopped, and they uh, they ate their lunches, their bad lunches, and they reached the ball about one thirty, according to the statements that Robert Simpson had given the police. And they stayed there for a little bit, and they got underneath a tree because rain really started to come down. And then, this is a gray area. We don't really know what happened next, but according to Robert Simpson, Trenny wanted to leave, and he wanted to stay. Mm-hmm. So he stayed, and Trenny left and went um, back down the trail alone, So. Mm-hmm. Robert
1: Simpson was tasked with looking after Tredy by her older brother. Right. So, the, the, her her older brother and uh, Robert were pretty good friends, though, right?
2: Yes, they were.
1: Yeah. So, so basically, he just wanted somebody to look out for his little sister, seeing how she hadn't been very many places. Is that way? Is that way yes, together? Yeah. Uh,
2: Tredy and her brother Bob, they were always very close. Uh, and Freddie was very excited because Bob had just come home on leave from the Navy. He'd just come home, uh, Wednesday night and he'd been gone for 11 weeks. Oh, wow. So she hadn't seen him since early July. So she was quite excited that he was, uh, he was back in town.
1: Yeah, I'm sure she was. It's been going that, that amount of time.
2: hmm So then what happens next is Freddie's hiking back down to the bus. She seems in good spirits and everything. Maybe hiking a bit fast, but at the same time, you also got to realize the weather isn't very good. Right, mm-hmm. um, she's probably you know, cold. It's raining. She's probably getting wet, kind of cold. You know, if, um, if I was putting myself in her her shoes at that age, you know, I'd be getting a little annoyed because my hair's getting wet and <laughs> and everything else.
0: Hair getting frizzy. Like, uh, yeah, yeah,
2: well, yeah, frizzy. She'd fall into step with uh, other students and walk along with them for a ways, and then overtake them until she came across another group. And then the last group that she hiked with, they said she was in good spirits. In fact, she seemed in a you know a really good mood. And uh, one of the boys in that group, he was wheezing a bit because he was asthmatic,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: you know with the altitude and everything else. And so they decided to sit down and rest. And uh, they invited Trenny to sit with them, and she said, no, she was going to keep going. And these students didn't think too much of it at the time because they were young. They were sophomores. And Trenny was a junior, and she tended to hang out with kids that were um, her age or a grade above her because her friends were kind of Bob's friends, even though Bob had, had graduated Um so she she went off walking, and the one girl that was named Anita, she said she watched Trenny just walk down the down the trail. She saw the back of her, and then she said it appears as though Trenny stopped, crouched down, and looked over to the right, and then went off the trail to the right of the trail, as though she saw something or something got her attention. Mm-hmm. And, Anita thought it was strange enough that when she got up again and the group started walking, she stepped off in approximately the same spot that she thought that Trenny did. And she said it was she was surprised because there was nowhere to go. Like there was no side trail or anything at that point. It was just like an uphill climb. Hmm. So she kind of put the thought out of her head. Um, the group carried on. They went back to the bus and they... Expected to see Trenny
1: back at the at the parking lot, and then she just didn't come back. That is so crazy. It is very. i was just sitting here thinking. I'm like, I'm trying to put in my head what the trail actually looked like. You know how is it like? Wide? How wide? It's it? not
0: very wide. It's not a very wide trail. Right. So I mean, it's like you know, two people could maybe walk side by side, but that's about it on some of these trails. So when
1: it's just like a dirt trail,
0: it it's is like, okay. It's just a it's just and a hiking
2: trail. where Trinny stepped off trail, um, there were some cigarette butts found and a half a can of beer. And the beer in it was still fairly fresh because you could smell it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And Trenny's um, uncles uh, that were from Polk County, they came up and they helped with the search. And they're big hunters. They know how to look for tracks and for signs. And they found a spot near with these cigarette butts in this beer can that looked like somebody had hunkered down and smoked these cigarettes, and the person that hunkered down was was bigger and heavier, so likely a, a male. Hmm. Then somebody hunkered down next to this person, and they were smaller and lighter, so possibly female, and they had size 7 Adidas tennis shoes on because they had left the, the shoe print hmm. in, the, in the dirt. Okay. Oh,
1: wow. Damn and man.
2: the cigarette butt and the uh, beer can were collected carefully by taking a stick and picking up the beer can and putting in the baggie and sweeping these cigarette butts into another baggie. But unfortunately, the Park Service didn't think they were anything of value and they were thrown out. Oh, no, I
1: was fixing to ask the next question. Oh, man.
2: But I mean, you know, we have to also look at the time, 1976, there was no DNA testing. Right. Your your best case possible was to lift fingerprints off the beer can and then hope to God the person that handled the beer can had been fingerprinted so you could match them. But you'd have to sit and look at books and do it the hard way, so there was a lot of room for human error and so on and so forth. And cigarette butts in those days how they match things was through blood typing. So they might be able to get enough of a saliva sample off of the cigarette butt to say, okay, the person that smoked these cigarettes had type O positive blood. Hmm. Well, there's about half the population, really. Yeah. So, I mean, anybody could have, you know, smoked these. So, you know, they, did, they had no idea uh, what was going to happen in the future. I mean, none of us do, right? Right. So, it's really a shame they didn't put them aside just you know in case something happens in in 25 years or so we can test these but but they didn't
1: yeah it's long gone yep
2: it's long gone
1: that's sad so all the students they
0: get back to the bus mr. Dunlap uh, has everybody go back to the bus and that's right. and they are allowed to search the parking lot but not leave the parking lot is that correct well
2: what was at 3.30, the students were all back in the parking lot, um, you know, give or take a few minutes, and then somebody started saying, well, where's Trenny? Mr. Dunlap was calling Roll, okay. and Trenny was missing. Mm. And kind of, you know, a, a funny, panicky feeling went through the through the bus, and then somebody said to Robert Simpson, well, Trenny was hiking with you. And he said, yes, yeah, she was. He said, but uh, when we got to the balls," He said uh, she went her own way back down to the bus, he said, and I went tracking a bear.
0: Tracking a
1: bear, huh? Maybe he was drinking that's a beer. What he, that's what he said. <laughs> Maybe.
2: So Mr. Dunlap, he kept his head. Um, he um, decided that he was going to hike to Double Springs and back in case Trenny accidentally got on the wrong trail. Mm-hmm. And he sent Danny Johnson, another Bearden student, the hike to Andrews Baldwin back just to see if Trenny had maybe stepped off the trail but got back on, or she walked back to where they were, or whatever. And the rest of the students were told that they could you know, search the parking lot, but they had to stay within it. Hmm. And the bus driver, at this time, he stayed with the with the bus because that was the Knoxville County Schools mandate; as the driver had to remain with the with the school bus. Yeah. So, Mr. Dunlap, he hiked to Double Springs and back. He didn't find anything except some Adidas tennis shoe prints on the uh, Appalachian Trail. Okay. Danny Johnson hiked to Andrews and back, and he didn't find anything. And I've interviewed Danny Johnson as well.
0: And Danny didn't see anything?
2: Nope, nothing.
0: Wow. Hmm.
2: And interestingly enough, when I spoke to Danny, he claimed that he walked back to the bus With Robert Simpson and Trenny that day. And I said, now you're positive you walked back to the bus with Trenny and Robert Simpson. And he said, oh, yeah. He and Robert Simpson, they were were good friends. People used to call them the odd couple because Danny was a track star. He was a preppy kid. You know, the shirts with the collars and and everything else. (laughs) And Robert Simpson was an overweight guy, kind of unkept, long hair, he wore overalls, and he was overweight. And people used to tease them and call them the odd couple. <laughs> and uh, they they would go on hiking trips occasionally in the Smoky Mountains, and they, they kind of bonded over, over that. But Danny was adamant that he walked back to the bus that day with Trenny and Robert Simpson. And Trenny excused herself to go to the washroom once they reached the parking lot, and she just never came back. Hmm. And when I spoke with Donnie the other day, he had texted me, actually, and asked me, yeah. you know, did any of the other students have a varying story? And that is one story. The other story I have was Freddy didn't go on the hike at all. The bus pulled into the parking lot. The students got off the bus to go on the hike. Freddy got into a waiting car, and that was the end of the story.
0: Hmm. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't heard that anywhere, and I don't tend to believe that because you had too many people seeing her on the trail.
2: Well, yes, that's what I, what I, what I say as well.
0: Mm-hmm. But, but Danny's story of saying he walked back to the bus with her and Robert Simpson.
2: Yeah. and Trenny excused herself; she needed to go to the washroom. There was a mm-hmm. a building where the washrooms were, and she went to the washroom and just never came back.
0: How? confident are you in believing that story laura
2: i'm really on the fence with that like i i questioned danny quite in, in depth because mm-hmm. i i also happened to know that his girlfriend was on that trip that day mm-hmm. and i said to danny now i said are you going to let your girlfriend walk all the way back down to the bus by herself while you walk back down to the bus with tranny and robert simpson I said, granted, Robert Simpson and you are our friends. Uh, Danny said that he barely knew Tranny at all. But I said, are you going to let your girlfriend walk by herself to the bus while you walk with Robert Simpson? I mean, you can walk with Robert Simpson anytime, but you're going to let your girlfriend walk back down to the bus by herself.
3: Hmm.
2: And he didn't really have a have an answer for me. But I, you know, something just didn't sound right about the story. Not that he was a flat-out lying, formed like maybe just misremembering a few things. Right. I mean, we got to also understand, it's has been 45 years.
1: This is true. The
2: people that were on that field trip, they're 60 years old and more. It's very easy to, to misremember something.
0: Yeah, these people are senior citizens now. <laughs>
2: Yes, they are. Yeah. But I, I happen to know that his girlfriend was on the field trip, mm-hmm. and I also happen to know that they had a track meet the next day. And on the way back, they stopped at the Great Smoky Mountains National Park to see if they could be any help with the search for trench. Okay. So I don't think I don't think that Danny's lying. I'm certainly not accusing him of, any, of anything. I I just think he's misremembering a few points.
0: Could very well be, right. Yeah, because, I mean, I remember field trips I was on in school, but I couldn't tell you who I walked with on certain things or hung out with at certain points.
2: Well, no, but, of course, if your girlfriend's on the field trip with you, you're going to walk back to the bus with her.
0: This is true. You're oh, yeah. Not, yeah.
2: You're not going to walk back with, with uh, Robert Simpson. I mean, you can go hike with him anytime, but if your girlfriend is here, you're going to go hike with her. Yeah, do, And Trenny, th- he didn't know well at all. They yeah. didn't. Uh, they didn't travel in the same kind of circle. Mm-hmm. Like he said, you know, he said nothing against her or anything like that. But he said, you know, I I don't think I ever said twenty words to her. He said I just didn't. Uh, I just didn't know her. Yeah. But anyway, it's discovered Trenny is is missing. Mister mm. Dunlap goes to search. Danny goes to search. Mr. Dunlap finds footprints. Danny finds nothing. Mm-hmm. Mr. Dunlap gets on the CB radio and he radios the park, and a ranger came came out. And same thing again. Um, they checked Andrews balls, They checked uh, Double Springs. No Trenny. So then Mr. Uh, Dunlap made the decision that he would stay behind and and search for Trenny, and he'd send the bus of students back to Knoxville.
0: How did Robert Simpson look when he got back to the bus? But, you know, because he'd been with Trini for a while. How did the other students Nobody, say?
2: Um, Nobody um, has ever uh, told me with all the people that I've interviewed that there was anything out of the ordinary. Hmm. Um, when Trini disappeared, she was still wearing Robert Simpson's jacket. Okay. And all Simpson had to say was he had gone tracking a bear and Trini just decided to walk back herself.
0: That is the craziest thing, tracking a bear.
2: Yeah. It is. And, you know, I will point out that Robert uh, Simpson's father was deputy DA in Knoxville at the time. So Robert Simpson would have had legal counsel through his father. Yeah. His father might have told him that, okay, I know that sounds ridiculous, what you said, that you were uh, tracking a bear. But now you're going to have to stick with that story because that's what you Said that you were doing <laughs> ridiculous <clears throat> as it sounds you're gonna have to stick with it
1: now I think he should have he should have just said he was one he was drinking a beer it just sounds like more something would happen
2: well a more plausible explanation he could have said was you know i really have to go to the bathroom and i told treddy that and i said to her look would you care to wait for me while i go 10 nature's call and then i'll come back in a minute we'll hike down together and then when he came out of the out of the brush she was gone
0: right yeah that would have been more believable that would
2: have been a, a more a far more believable explanation than he went tracking a bear i've had i've had a lot of chuckles from people over the years with that when once they hear that story yeah and it, it's also a possibility that he told trendy he was going to go track a bear and she thought he was an idiot and wanted no part of this and she got the hell away from him
0: <laughs> yeah i would have too I wouldn't you want to know, be around a bear, <laughs> no
2: she was a level headed girl. I mean he didn't have a firearm. you're gonna go uh uh you know tangle with some smelly old bear. I'm sorry, I'm out of here,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, so Mr and du- then, you
2: know i when once she got home seriously questioned her brother's uh best friend <laughs> yeah. um, and, and his and his sanity kind of thing, but uh it could have been something like that. But what i rather garner from it is Robert Simpson seemed to want Trini to go off on her own. Hmm. And, you know, it's possible he wanted to go track a bear and she said, the hell with you, and she left. Or Robert Simpson said something or did something to get her to go off on her own, aside from telling her that he was going to go track a bear.
0: Yeah. I think I'd heard you say before that uh, Robert Simpson may have had a crush on Trini.
2: Yes, he did. And he was not really what you'd call dating material. He was (laughs) a a nice enough guy. I haven't heard anybody say that he was a jerk or anything like that. Uh, He was a big kid, though. He was probably 300 pounds and rather unkept, uh, long hair. He wore overalls to school. Uh, overall to school in high school in 1976 really wasn't all that cool. But when you're a bigger fellow and that's what fits, and if it's clean and you can button it, then that's what you wear. Yep. But he really wasn't, um uh, he wasn't what you call dating material. If he did get girls interested in him, it was because he was always willing to give people rides. He had a big old, uh, Impala car. And he was a lawyer's son, so he probably had money to burn.
0: Yeah, that's yep. true. Yeah. So he was the. That'll get you some friends. He was the taxi then, huh? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then he was a good friend of Trini's brother. So Trini had been in his car before. You know, he'd given her a ride and so on and so forth.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And she felt safe with him because he was her brother's friend.
0: Yeah. All right. Now, Mr. Dunlap, he sent the bus back to Bearden. Yeah. And he stayed behind and helped search for Trini. That's right. Okay. But that evening, like most of these other stories we've covered, there's a, uh, the weather gets bad. Yes. Weather
2: gets very bad.
1: Uh-huh. The wind
2: picks up, the temperature drops, the rain intensifies.
1: That's just like Dennis Martin.
2: About 6.30 that evening, uh, four mm-hmm. other rangers showed up. They brought flashlights, flashlight batteries, and everything, and they were out searching for Trent. Yeah, But I can tell you that the tower was never searched, the Clingman's Dome Tower. Yeah, They did search. There was a room at one time in the base of the tower. It was like a utility room, a storage room. And at one point, they did break the lock off the door and look inside it, but there was no sign of uh, Trenny. But the tower itself was not searched.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Now, there were some students that claimed that the bus was followed
2: on yes. the on the
0: field trip on the way to there,
2: they they some of the students had gone to Mr. Gibson, Tranny, Tranny's father, and said that they were followed to the park. A car was following behind them. A variation of that story is that Calvin Bowman was following the bus.
0: Let's get a little bit of background on Calvin uh, Bowman.
2: Well, this is this is quite an interesting story, so I hope your listeners uh, sit down and hold on to something. But... <laughs> Calvin Bowman was a fellow student of Trenny's, and he was uh, a year older. So he was a senior, Mm -hmm. same as Robert Simpson, a year older than Trenny was. And he was a black student. Uh, In those days, there were very few black students at Bearden. If you look through the yearbook, there's maybe a handful. Okay, Uh, Definitely a a minority. Mm -hmm. But Calvin Bowman, he was from a large family, and several of his uh, brothers and sisters, they attended Bearden. Uh, Calvin Bowman showed a lot of promise when he was younger, both at baseball and basketball. In fact, uh, some of the classmates that I spoke with they said that they had always hoped that Calvin would follow that and uh, play sports because it might be a way out for him. And you know, he might get a scholarship or something to that uh, nature, be able to go on to post secondary education and have it have it paid for. Because his family was not financially well off. Yeah. Trenny and uh, and Calvin Bowman were for the most part friendly when Trenny started high school at Bearden High. So they she knew each other then. With, yeah, they knew each other. Um, she was friends with uh, Calvin's sister Annette, and some students say that Trenny and and Calvin were a little more than just friends. Maybe possibly dating, but I mean, in those days, a white girl dating a black boy—that was that was bad news.
3: Yeah, wasn't like
2: it is nowadays. The twain didn't meet in those days.
3: Yeah,
2: and you know, uh, being from a strict Southern Baptist family, that would not have been uh, that would not have been a good thing if Trenny brought this uh, black suitor home. Mm -hmm. So, for the most part, their relationship just stayed at school. On October 11th, 1975, almost a year to the day that Trini would go missing a year later, Calvin Bowman showed up at the Gibson residence, and he was out on their lawn. And I was told he was very intoxicated, and he was looking for Bob Gibson. He kept calling for Bob, Bob, Bob.
0: So he knew uh, Trini's brother Bob.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. This Gibson... um Tranny's mother was home alone. Bob was not there, and neither was her husband, Mr. Gibson Sr. She was home alone with the two girls, Tranny and her sister Tina, and their youngest son, Miracle. Anyway, Miss Gibson, to defend her household, uh, she had gotten her pistol out from underneath her pillow, and she was watching this figure on the lawn calling for Bob. Well, this figure seemed to know exactly what window Tranny's window was. So this person went over to Tranny's window and sort of hunkered down there because they have these uh, planter boxes in front of the window. So Miss Gibson said she thought she heard glass breaking, and when this person stuck out his foot, Miss Gibson fired and shot this person in the foot. Wow. <laughs> so Miss Gibson went storming down the hall to, to get this person out of her out of her house. And Trenny came flying down the hall to meet her because Calvin Bowman, yes, he'd smashed the window. He'd been shot in the foot, but he gained entry to Trenny's bedroom through the broken window. And at one point, he was trying to drag Trenny out and drag her out, out onto the lawn.
3: Good grief, so he yeah. he
2: came out of Trenny's bedroom with his hands up, and Miss Gibson said she paused for a moment because she, she stopped because she realized that... This person was very intoxicated, and he does belong to somebody. He's some mother's son, so that kept her from firing.
0: So he'd been shot, Uh, and he knew she had a gun, but he still came in the house.
2: Yeah. He's he's (laughs) about the only person I've ever known, and I told this to Donnie, that has been shot and then come into the house, I guess, so the homeowner could finish the job. I, (laughs) I really don't know. I don't understand that. I don't know why you wouldn't book it the hell out of there, but he came
0: in. How, how dumb is that? <laughs> Crazy. But anyway, he, he... was
2: very lucky this Gibson showed mercy and didn't throw yeah. his head off his shoulder. Yeah, she could if have. that had happened in my house, that's exactly what would have happened.
0: Yeah, he'd been... Yeah, they'd been yep. coming carrying him out of the door, out of, out of the house in a bag.
2: Well, in my house, it would have been what particles they could
0: have put in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go.
2: It would have been I. Uh, my mother would have complained what a mess it made, and and probably engaged me in helping clean it up. <laughs> but but seriously, that is the only time I've ever heard of that. Ms. Gibson said that she didn't know. Um, she said in those days, you know, pot was very popular, uh, but she didn't know if if uh, perhaps Calvin was taking something else. She just said he was he was very very drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, I I tend to wonder if he wasn't on pills of some sort, speed, something, tripping the lights fantastic, because obviously he wasn't thinking clearly.
0: So so Kelvin was put away for a little while. He went to uh, juvenile detention for a while.
2: The Gibsons did have him Mm charged, and he was sentenced for two years to juvenile detention. He made threats in the courtroom, basically threats like I'll be back, and I'll get you and I'm going to kill Trenny when I get out and and wow. things like that and he was in court on crutches with his uh, fortune account at
0: when did time. he when did he get out of juvenile detention?
2: He was sentenced to two years, but he served less than six months.
0: What oh, the wow. heck
2: yeah, and he was back at Bearden. He came back to Bearden and he was there at the time that Trenny went missing, mm-hmm. and her mother told me that he was heckling Trenny, you know, giving her a hard time saying, talking smack to her and, and things like that. And Trenny didn't have her older brother Bob there um, because he'd already graduated. He was in the Navy because he definitely would have put a stop to it.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but, but he wasn't there at the time.
0: So I think it's safe to say that Trenny was frightened of uh, Kelvin Bowman.
2: Or she's terrified of him.
0: Okay. Yeah, if
2: she would have seen him anywhere on that field trip, she would have hightailed it to that bus like there was no tomorrow. And if she, if she had seen him anywhere in the parking lot, she never would have got off the bus in the first place. Exactly. She was very scared of him.
1: I can't believe he let him back in school after all that. Yeah. So according crazy.
2: to what I've been told by the school principal uh, and his his daughter, I've spoken to her and she's been very forthcoming. Calvin was a troublemaker. His problem was that. He hung around with an older crowd of students, and they always got him. He always got into into crap yeah. that way. He yeah. hung out with the party kids, the older kids. And he did spend a lot of time in her father's, uh, the principal's, inner office, being disciplined for something or another. But he did graduate.
1: Okay. Well, at least, that, at least was that... I will
2: also point out in 1979, when he was 20 years old, Uh, Calvin Bowman was charged with third-degree rape and assault and sentenced to 10 years in prison. Oh,
3: wow.
2: He followed a woman home from a bar and got into her apartment on on the pretense of just wanting a glass of water and then raped her on her sofa.
0: Oh,
1: man.
0: Hmm. So how confident are you thinking that Calvin Calvin had something to do with uh, Trini's disappearance?
2: I was telling Donnie when we spoke the other day, Calvin definitely had an axe to grind
3: yes. he, he
2: definitely was was uh wanted revenge in some in some form for what Trenny had had done, even though she hadn't done anything but what her mother had done instead of looking at it you know from an adult perspective well, you know, I guess it was kind of stupid what I did you know I broke in there and I tried to drag Trenny out of her bedroom onto the Onto the lawn, and her mother her mother shot me instead of looking at it that way, he's looking at it at the typical juvenile perspective. It's all the Gibson's fault-hmm crazy, so Calvin definitely had motive the The problem is trying to prove uh, uh, how he would have gotten to the park because he was not part of the horticulture class,
0: but he was at school that day, correct?
2: he was at school that day, according to Mr. Hall. Okay. But Bearden was not exactly what you'd call stringent about their attendance record. In fact, Mr. Hall left Bearden a couple years later. I believe it was in 1979, So excuse me, three years later, at the end of the school term of 1979, and that was one of the reasons that he was re- reassigned, was there was terrible, terrible attendance taken at Bearden High. Mm. If you were in college courses where you got call, where you got credit for these college courses if you were an advanced level, they were very strict about taking attendance in those courses.
3: But just if you don't...
2: were just in, in regular mainstream high school, a lot of the students told me you could show up till lunchtime and then take off for the rest of the day and, and nine times out of ten nobody
0: noticed. Man. Well.
2: One of the thoughts is perhaps Calvin showed up for home room, was marked as being present for for class, then took off and then went to the smoking. Yeah. But he would have had to have had a car. And from what I can ascertain, Calvin did not own a car. Uh, he would have had to borrow one from somebody else.
0: Okay. But some of the students claim that Calvin was the one that followed him.
2: That is one variation of the story. One variation is just that they were followed. Another variation is Calvin was following the bus. Yet another variation is he was following the bus in Robert Simpson's car.
0: Hmm. Hmm. That's crazy.
2: Yeah. Well, you also need to look at it from another perspective. If Calvin and Bowman, or if if Calvin Bowman and robert simpson were in on this together how are they able to communicate up in the park
0: right they could yeah and these are just high school students they're not
2: they're just high school students that doesn't mean they're not capable of harming another i'm not trying to rule that out yeah but they would have had to be in sync and been able to coordinate this whole thing
0: and a lot of planning
2: there would have had to have been a lot of planning and they would have had to have gotten damn lucky they yeah. did get lucky with the weather, uh, with the weather obliterating any track signs, that
0: sort of thing. Yeah, I can't even plan to go to the grocery store these <laughs> days. I mean, it's, <laughs> for them to pull something like that off, it
1: especially not knowing where they were going. So the uh, well, I,
2: I've had people tell me, you know, this couldn't have happened. This they couldn't have done. They couldn't have done it. You know, this is the Bible Belt in the 1970s, and I said, you can. Stick your head in the sand all you like. But I said, you know, murder still happened in the Bible Belt in the 1970s. I said, you know, don't make me spout statistics for you. I I said, it it could happen. I'm not not ruling it out. I told her, all I'm trying to say is, if you bring in too many people into this story, you run into problems with how they're communicating with, with one another. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's not like nowadays where you can just text somebody. None of that technology was available in those days. Yeah. If Calvin Bowman followed the bus to the park, okay, obviously, yes, yeah, he knows they're going to the park and, and whatever. He's got to make sure he parks somewhere where he's not going to be seen or Trenny's going to freak if she sees him. So he's going to have to park the vehicle somewhere. He's going to have to hide somewhere. Then somebody's going to have to find a way to get Trini to him, and how are they going to, going to communicate with one
1: another? Right,
0: that is a lot of planning. If that's the case, I mean, that's a. I don't even know if our government could pull something like that
2: off.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of planning.
2: It's like one of those complicated football
0: moves. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, really. So what? What's another theory on Trini's disappearance that's you're on the fence about?
2: Uh, that she ran away. I, I don't, I don't believe that she, she ran away. That was, that was a theory that came up. It often came up of, of, among the classmates and it came up among the park service. Well, where did she go? Why was there no sign? Like she was here one minute, gone the next. I mean, that's, that's not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how could you account for this other than, than she ran away? Well, the thing is, if Trenny was going to run, run away, she had a very level head on her on her shoulders. She had a couple thousand dollars in her bank account, and she had a couple hundred dollars in her desk drawer at home. She didn't take any of that money. She didn't take her uh, bank book for her, her money that she had in the bank. She didn't take her purse. She left that in her mother's car. That had her ID and everything in it. She had nothing but the clothes on her back, Robert Simpson's jacket, and that's it. She had her had her comb on her, and that was that was it. Yeah, what she had on. Let's talk about this you know, comb. This was definitely, oh the comb story. Yeah, this yes. is quite not as colorful as the Bowman story, but it's uh, interesting. Tranny mm-hmm. <coughs> had this comb that her mother had bought for her, and she bought an identical one for sister Tina. It was one of those really thick, heavy combs from that company that was called Stanley. Kind of like that Fuller brush, you know, where they used to sell stuff door to door. Well, anyway, it was a nice, thick, heavy comb, and Tredy loved the thing. Um, she had uh, wavy hair, and it was a perfect comb for long hair. And she always used to have it tucked into her uh, right front pocket of her jeans because, like me, she was right-handed. And she'd pull the comb out every once in a while and run it through her through her hair. And it was a nice, heavy one—not you know the fifteen-cent drugstore variety—and <laughs> she just loved this thing. Trenny was very particular about her things, like you know her comb would never have a bunch of hair wadded in it. She didn't loan it to other people. Her things were her things. But after Trenny disappeared, this comb was found in Robert Simpson's car, right on the dashboard, and that raised a lot of alarm bells. Where how in the world did her comb get in Robert's car?
0: Yeah, she would have never and given up her comb like that. No.
2: No. And Robert Simpson had been using it to comb his own hair. Ooh. And her mother said Trenny would have just about died because it was all <laughs> wrapped and wadded up with Robert's uh, long long hair.
0: How did he end up with her comb? Do we know?
2: No. Uh, he said that the story that Robert gave, Robert Simpson gave was that Trenny had given it to him to hold for her. He, uh, Robert Simpson really... Uh, fostered the runaway sport. He said that uh, Trenny had given away her comb, given it to him to hold for. And Trenny had a ring. It was a star sapphire ring, and it was quite valuable, moderately so. Um, Any jewelry she had had been a birthday or a a Christmas gift. Anyway, Trenny's ring turned up. One of the sophomore girls had it in her possession. And when questioned by how she got this ring, she said that Trenny had had given it to her to hold for to you know, keep for. And they fostered the theory that Trenny was giving away her possessions maybe because she was taking off.
3: Don't but I mean, sense.
2: Trenny would have kept her comb, she yeah. would have kept her ring. Yeah, nothing sense. else she could have pawned her ring. It was it was fairly valuable.
1: Hmm. No, I think if she's going to run away, is, she could have done that long before.
2: What, what always irritated me is why the hell people seem to think Trenny had to go on a field trip to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and she would run away from there. When she was from Knoxville, there's buses, there's trains, there's planes, there's everything. Right. There's thousands and thousands of cars going through that city, you know, in 1976. It's so easy to go anywhere she wanted to go. Why would she go out in the middle of nowhere to a park where she's never been there before? Doesn't know left from right or up with, or up from down, and she's going to run away from there?
1: Hmm. Yeah, she would have been but way better off. All
2: she had to do was tell her folks that. Oh well, I, you know, I've got to work today, and she could have went and taken off, and not no one would
0: have been the wiser. Right. Now, there's a a theory you talked about when we talked about it on the phone. um, Trini's brother uh, had something to do with her disappearance because he'd just come home from the Navy. I always believed that
2: Bob had a hand in, in something. Now, before anybody gets excited, I don't mean he necessarily harmed Trini, but I, I think what happened was he showed up at the park and had a plan to take Trini somewhere. Bob, he liked to drink. He liked his beer. He also smoked. And the beer can and the cigarette butts, they were both from brands that Bob typically smoked and typically drank. Hmm. Um, He was also known to to take drugs. And Trenny would have gone anywhere with Bob. You know, she was was, uh, crazy about her older brother. He'd come home on leave from the Navy. She was so excited to see him. If somebody had put a bug in Trenny's ear when she was up on Andrew's balls, Hey, you know, I was saving this for a surprise, but Bob drove up here. And, uh, he's waiting just down the trail for you a ways. I gotta, I gotta use the bathroom. Why don't you go down and, uh, catch up with him? And then when I finish, uh, call a nature here, I'll, I'll follow you down and, uh, we'll get together with Bob and, you know, maybe we'll go back to Knoxville or, you know, hang out for the afternoon or, do whatever Bob feels like feels like doing. Sort mm-hmm. of Trenny would have gone off like a shot. She was crazy about Bob. Yeah, that was one of the things I've often said to to people. Well, why didn't Trenny scream or carry on? Why didn't anyone hear anything? Because when Trenny stepped off the trail, there was nothing to scream about. Because the person that she stepped off the trail to see was somebody that she knew.
0: That would make more sense than anything, right?
2: And the person that hunkered down and smoked these cigarettes and sipped from his beer was a likely a male. They were taller and heavier, had bigger footprints. And Trenny would crouch down with, with Bob while he smoked a couple cigarettes. And she probably chatted to him and, and everything else. And we don't know what Bob told her. Mm-hmm. He, he might have said, yeah, I told your teacher, you know, you were going to get in with me and we were going to go. Fill in the blank, whatever town or city, and off they went. And then something happened. Bob didn't mean to mean for it to happen. Don't get me wrong, but something went very, very wrong, and that's why Trini's no longer here.
0: Yeah. Where do you think Trini is now, Laura?
2: Well, Trini's no longer among the among the living. I, I dream of her sometimes, and when I do dream of her, she's usually. Um, appears to me in a heaven-like setting. Uh, we sit on a bench and there's a garden behind us and, and what not. And she looks exactly the same as she did in 1976, dressed the same way. And once in a while, my mother will appear with us. And my mother died over 20 years ago. Hmm. So I believe Trenny's long dead. I have no idea where her body is. I just believe it's, it's lost the time.
0: Yeah. You just be, you just believe that she's at peace somewhere.
2: I don't believe she's really at peace because okay. she never got a Christian burial. True. Um, her okay. body basically has been, for lack of a better way to say it, discarded.
0: Mm. But
2: she she hasn't had a Christian burial, and she's she's not at peace. That's true. Whenever I I dream about her, and I I am in no way psychic and I, I'm on the fence with what happens in dreams because it is your subconscious working. But whenever she visits me in, in my dreams, she always tells me, you know, please help me. Please, you know, solve this, this case and, and whatever because I, I, I can't really rest until you, until you do. Mm-hmm. I, I need help. That's what drew me to Trenny in the beginning when yep. I first saw her picture. On the Doe Network, something in her eyes just pleaded to me, help me, help me, you've got to help me. I've been missing all these years, and nobody can seem to figure this out. But hmm. I, I believe Trenny knew her the person that harmed her.
0: Of course. Yeah. Hmm.
2: And her, her family is rather slick on it. Her mother believe that Trenny was harmed by the classmates, but she kind of blames them all as a whole. They're all involved. And I, I don't believe that. But they are guilty in, in such where they knew a lot more about what happened to Trenny on that October day in 1976 than they told. Yeah, They should have told somebody. Yeah. Instead of keeping it a secret or whispering it to around and, and whatever, and then it kind of snowballed and then people were telling each other that you got to keep quiet or the same thing that happened to Trenny is going to happen to you and, and whatever, and then the threat started. Hmm. I, I believe there's also a drug angle involved in all of this. I am not in any way accusing Trenny of taking drugs or selling drugs, but... Drugs definitely plays a major part in why she went missing. Hmm.
0: Hmm. She may have knew something perhaps or, or something. Owed,
1: or perhaps
2: something. her brother owes somebody money. It could have been a drug deal gone gone bad, but drugs does play a, a role in all of it. Wow. And her brother did suffer from addiction. He did seek help for, for addiction, and he had just been released from a VA hospital in Asheville in 2000, shortly before he passed away. Uh,
0: Do you think Trini's case will ever be solved, Laura? Do you think it's solvable today?
2: It's solvable because cold cases are solvable uh, and typically they are solved due to two things. Changes in technology um, such as DNA or genetic genealogy is a a big one that helps solve the Golden State Killer mystery. And the other thing that solves whole cases are changes in relationships. Yeah. Um, somebody breaks up with somebody, wife, husband, partner, whatever, and somebody doesn't want to keep the secret anymore.
1: Right. Man, if they had only kept those beer cans. Yeah.
2: So that that's definitely a possibility. We don't have DNA evidence in this case because we don't know where Trenny is. And we haven't found any anything of her. Mm-hmm. There's DNA CODIS to compare if anything ever is found that's thought to to belong to her. Uh, but Freddy's long long deceased. I believe she died the same day that she she disappeared.
3: Hmm. Poor kid.
2: There's theories that she may be buried in the park. Um, I don't put much stock in those. I've I rolled it over in my head. I thought of it. Um, I thought maybe they, you know, she was uh, pitched over a cliff somewhere, something like that. That park was searched very thoroughly, and all they came up with was a few footprints, cigarette butts, and uh, a beer can. And Crazy. then her dog traced the scent to the Klingman, or sorry, the Collins Gap parking lot. Her scent was picked up at the Clingman's Dome Tower as well, and it was also picked up at the spot where she stepped off the trail and hunkered down, likely with this person that was smoking and drinking beer.
0: Yeah, and possibly taken and out of the park.
2: Have gotten off that trail for some random stranger that was, you know, hunkered down, sipping a beer and smoking. Not, not on your life. Hmm. The other th- uh, theory, though, is maybe she'd get off Trail for another girl, that's a possibility, but not for a stranger.
0: It's just a crazy story. I mean, its I've been wanting to do this case for a long time. How can people, if they have any tips or anything they want to say about this case, how can they get in touch with you, Laura?
2: They can get in touch with me through my website at www.canadiangirl77.com. And they can leave me a message through there. Uh, I typically answer within an hour or two. Donnie knows that.
0: Yeah, you were you were right on top of it when I'm I messaged you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I get an alert. An alert comes to my phone. Yeah. I, I see it uh, right away. Um, so I I will I answer all messages personally. All all uh, um, all comments um, that are posted on the site they come to me and I have to approve them before they show on the. Uh, on the actual site mm-hmm. uh, to prevent getting, you know, those scam uh, messages and that sort of, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, right. If it doesn't pertain to Trenny or it's derogatory in any way, well, obviously it doesn't get put on the, on the site, but I do answer all these messages personally. And I've gotten that from a lot of folks that have, have dropped me a line. They're like, wow, I didn't expect you were going to turn around and, and answer me. And I said, oh yes, I said, sometimes it might take me a day, but I said, I'll always, uh, I'll always get back to you.
0: And that's Canadian Girl 77, girl dot com. Yes, girl with a U 77.com. We'll definitely put a, a link to that in the show notes and on our website and on our social media accounts and sort of, and help keep, keep that word out there on Trini's case
2: also contact the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation and the, the phone number also appears on my site. Freddie's case is still open
1: okay oh wow
2: it hasn't it hasn't been closed and she still appears on the National Park Service website for missing persons for the Great Smoky Mountain National Park well actually all the national parks across the United States yeah um, they have their missing person roster but Freddie okay. is on there as well.
0: But there is a ton of information on your website about Trini. Everybody wants to go there and check it out. A lot more details than we covered in this episode. A lot of
1: photos. Yeah,
0: especially a lot of photos.
2: I try to leave it up to to folks to ascertain for themselves what they think happened to Trini. But my bottom line is this. She did meet with foul play. She did know the person that harmed her or know of them. I believe she would have stepped off that trail only if she knew the person that she was stepping off for. And she was crazy about her older brother, Bob. Bob came home on Wednesday. Trenny disappeared on Friday.
0: Yeah. Mm. Crazy story. Yep.
2: It is, it, is a cra- it is a crazy story. Robert Simpson, he was a good friend of uh, Bob's. I believe he covered a lot of uh, things that he shouldn't have covered up. Um, Robert should have talked, uh, more than he actually did, but his father probably warned him to keep quiet, keep out of it. You know, like who knows what he was told, but it was, he definitely got some legal counsel there. Yeah.
0: Especially tracking a bear theory. The yeah.
2: Students, especially the, the class in 1977, they, they know what happened to Trenny, but they just don't really want to talk about it.
0: Hmm crazy you that
2: and, and there were threats there were threats issued a lot of people were threatened by this whole thing and like I said that's why I believe there's a drug angle involved because a lot of people were told to shut up there were also a lot of people that were afraid there's still people afraid to this day uh they're willing to speak to me but i I use a a, a false name for them I invent a name for them uh-huh. they go under a, a, a pseudonym. Yeah. Because they don't want their actual name used because they're local to the, uh, the area.
0: Yeah. Well, Laura, we really appreciate having you on the show tonight.
2: Well, thank you very much. It's been a real
0: pleasure. It's been a, a better pleasure for us because yeah, really... we've been wanting to do this for a while and having you with your knowledge on Trini, that's, that's, that's a plus. Yeah. Great insight. Sure. Yeah. And,
1: and if
2: any of your listeners have any questions or comments or would like something cleared up, Please feel free to reach out to me through my website at dot 77com and I'll be sure to answer you.
0: Well, thank you very much, Laura.
2: Thank you. You guys have a great night. You too. Bye-bye.
0: Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Dale. We want to thank Laura Rist again for being on the show. Yep. She's just awesome. Her her knowledge on Trini Gibson is just amazing. Great stuff, man. Yep. All right, guys, we are going to get out of here. Let's roll. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings.
1: Because the next episode could be about you. This is the the Crack House Chronicles. Chronicles.